welcome to MMFW. I'm Jesse. And I'm Mario. And welcome to our second episode of our podcast where we talk about things that made us feel weird this week. <laughs> there are so many things. I think we should just get right into it and talk about the beginning, the beginning of everything. Yes. The miracle of life. Um, so one of the links you sent me this week that... Um, really planted itself in my mind and made me feel extra uncomfortable was um, a link from a website called mothering.com. So right away, right off the bat, when I see that URL, I'm like, oh, MMFW. here we, here we go. I'm about to be made <laughs> uncomfortable. And uh, it was the most breathtaking birth photos. <laughs> Which also MMFW. Right, right. So, I mean, there's all sorts of MMFW happening here. And it was a sort of a photo essay following all these different women giving birth all sorts of different ways and it was very moist there was <laughs> there was a lot of sort of like sweat and blood um it's very graphic these very, photos very graphic babies sticking out in places they you know aren't usually sticking out of <laughs> um what what, what kind of makes me feel weird especially um about some of these births are the, are the water births Yes. Because just you're, you know, when when you when you give birth, your body goes through a lot, right? It, a lot of things happen at once. A lot of things are being pushed out. There's a, there's a lot of when you're pushing, you can't control what you're pushing out necessarily. Yeah. So babies come out. Sometimes pee comes out. Sometimes the baby being most important, but other right. stuff too. But other stuff comes out. Other smelly stuff. Beyond there's our control. Elimination, and it's fine. It's a beautiful thing. Everything's wonderful, but. You know, when you give birth to these babies in this water situation, you know, all that stuff gets mixed in with the water, with you and the baby. So it's sort of like you're giving birth to a child in a toilet. Yeah. <laughs> so you have these Which women. Happens. Right, Which it happens. happens. But it happens. And you have these women kind of hugging their their like raw little newborn and like a turd is floating by. And, and <laughs> you know. But that's not pictured. No, that is not pictured. They took great you know, pains to not show the shit. But we know it's there. We know it's there. That's assumed on our part. You don't give birth to a baby in a pool of water and not have little poops floating in the water. <laughs> so. And to clarify, we're not opposed to the concept of birthing. I think well, I mean, we're, 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 not, we're pro. We're, <laughs> we're okay with people giving birth. We think that's probably important to yeah, the human I just, race. I just want to be clear, lest people take offense. Well, I just, and, I think that what, and think we're of, anti-birthers. Right, we're not anti-birth. Um, we're just maybe anti-showing it and telling birth? us graphic births and showing us, you know, look how beautiful it is. There's she's naked and there's all sorts of feces and blood everywhere. It's beautiful. I mean, it just it's cool. It's cool. It's cool if that's your thing. But MMFW to see that, to see all of that. The most MMFW thing for me in this article were the categories. Oh God, the categories are <laughs> so good. Um, Two specifically oh. were best in category del- parentheses delivery with yes, a splash. Yes, they gave little awards with a splash. With a splash. <laughs> and so, I mean, everyone can Google and look for themselves, but you can just also picture what yeah, we'll, we'll also, is showing. Yeah, we'll post a link. We'll post a link. Which again, mothering.com. <laughs> We're glad that you are into it. We're glad that you, you know, had a little fun with the captions, but MMFW. Um, there's another category called best in category birth details and it's titled pieces of me. Oh God. Um, 
and there are all her pieces on display, including the baby and the afterbirth and the umbilical mm. cord. They are pieces. And she's all, all resting on her. Pieces of her resting on her. Yes. So um, so, that, so that happened. But enlightening, I guess, for people who don't know. Yeah, maybe. or who, who are curious. I know. I, I've, I've totally Googled before to be like, what does it look like if a baby's born? And then I'm like, oh... That's what it looks like. Never That's mind. what it looks like. And now you know. Because in sitcoms, they always have the dad see it and then pass out. So I thought, how bad right. could it be? I think it's pass out worthy. No. Well, it's it's not great looking. Not great looking. <laughs> um, speaking of poop. <laughs> speaking of shit floating in the pool that is life. <laughs> Our favorite poop. Well, yes. favorite. Favorite is a stretch. <laughs> but um, something that was delightful yes. about a piece of shit that we talk about yeah. is Milo. Yeah. Milo, why? Milo lost his book deal. So uh, Milo Yiannopoulos, he's sort of noted provocateur, um, had a book deal with Simon and & Schuster, and it caused a lot of trouble because he's kind of a piece of shit, and a lot of people were like, you know, why is Simon & Schuster giving him this platform? You know, some authors like Roxane Gay actually pulled her book from Simon & Schuster saying that she didn't want to be a part of any company that was going to promote that. Um, and for a while, it seemed like, okay, this book is just going to come out and it's going to be, it's going to be what it is. Um, but recently, a radio conversation recording that Milo did with, was it Joe Rogan? Uh, maybe. Um, this recording came out. And in it, my, Milo is sort of making a lot of sort of quote-unquote shocking comments about pedophilia and child molestation and those comments kind of caught fire and you know he was he was kicked off of the cpac speakers list and he's got a lot of people who usually defend him kind of going oh yeah we, we don't think this is too far you know and and eventually it rippled out to the point where this controversy forced him to give a press conference about it and he lost his book deal they canceled his book. So this has been a really sort of interesting. If you listen to the 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 sort of recording in question, yeah, it's super. It's Milo doing what he does. He's sort of being a provocateur. He the really interesting thing about it is Milo talks about um, these kids maybe wanting it a little bit, and he's like, oh, you know, we all were teenagers, we want it. Um, but he talks, the problem is he talk, doesn't talk about kids that are 17, he talks about kids that are 13. So that was kind right. of, that was, it was a way of sort of, it was very clear that this is where the GOP is drawing the line. They drawing were fine, the line. They were fine with him being homophobic and transphobic and racist and um, misogynist. Anti-Muslim. They were fine with all of that. It was when he started joking about... Which I actually, and I'm not defending Milo by any means, but I actually took clearly to be a joke. Yeah, he um, even made it. He, he made he, that joke. He he apparently was molested as a kid by a priest. Now, I don't know if this is something he whipped out to try to get sympathy, and maybe it's Who true, knows? maybe it's not true, right? But, you know, and he made a joke about that, too. He joked that <laughs> the priest molesting him taught him how to give really good head. And it was kind of, I kind of chuckled at it a little bit. It was really terrible. Um, but... You know, it's sort of a classic molestation joke, like a shock humor thing. And yeah. So I thought it was. I thought it was interesting. He's that, not the first to make that joke. Uh, by the right. Way. Please. Right. And I thought it was interesting that this was the thing. And I think, it, you know, uh, it, it comes down to they're fine with everyone being the target, except for like young white boys. And as soon as sort of that, they're the butt of the joke, and this and this molestation thing. 
Um, and again, super inappropriate. Like Milo's a piece of shit. Milo should have gone down long before um, this happened, right? Well, yes. Let's be clear. I'm thankful that this is the first time he actually seems to be punished to for something. Right. Right. It took forever to get to this point. But it is interesting. It is interesting that this was the thing that the Republicans said, oh, it's too far. And it's like, really? You were cool with all the other terrible, terrible things he said about all these other people? Yeah, agreed. Um, but yeah, he made these jokes about, you know, molestation and pedophilia. He had to do this press conference that was super awkward and, you know, very righteous and very like, I will recover from this. And I, of course, hate pedophilia. I mean, like, it's just like really sort of ridiculous PR um, damage control coming from a guy who prides himself on never having to do damage control. So it was really sort of a weird, interesting kind of moment. It was a moment. As Mariah Carey would say, it was a moment. It was a moment. It was, she, she had a moment, you know, it was definitely her Jennifer Hudson. And I'm telling you, I'm not going moment standing in front of that podium. Right. (laughs) But you know, so he, it, it, it was, um, it was super interesting. And one, one other thing that I thought um, is really terrible about this is it, it perpetuates the stereo. There, there is a long-held stereotype that's completely not borne out by any data. There's a long-held stereotype on the right that gays are more likely to be pedophiles. And it's complete. It's completely harmful and incorrect. There's no data to prove of this. Of course. Right? In fact, a lot of pedophiles identify as straight men because pedophilia and, you know, molesting kids is a power dynamic thing. It's not so much a like a gender attraction thing. But um, so it, it's it does suck on that level that here we have a gay guy making jokes about pedophilia and earning the ire of the right. It just sort of fuels this idea that gays are pedophiles. And and so that, I thought that was shitty. And it was like, come on, fucking. Well, and then even with all the Milo, priests, like the Catholic priests who were pedophiles, I think the underlying sort of conservative thinking was that they were homosexuals. Right. Yes. And not just pedophiles. Right. Um, so it's it, it is. So that is the MMFW thing. I, I'm thrilled that he lost his book deal and actually got taken to task for something that right. he actually said. Right. That was terrible. But this was sort of. A little bit tame for some of the things that he said so like you said mmfw that this is where the republican party draws the line is um maybe then all of a sudden the fact that he might be associated with being a pedophile by being a homosexual i think that's what mmfw about yeah and, and meanwhile trump has all sorts of allegations against him that he's like touched young girls and there's all sorts of you know allegations about um minors on the right but not really taken seriously because it's like female children and adult, you know, older straight white men doing it. Like, it, you know, it was it was it took it took a gay guy joking about male on male molestation for them to certainly like find their the courage of their convictions. And it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I think it's sort of the latent homophobia in the. Yeah, yeah. You know, Milo, like we, we talked about this in a, in a previous conversation, but Milo was sort of the the token gay. Like, everyone liked Milo as long as he kind of walked the line in regards to Muslims and women and trans people. You know, and as soon as he starts sort of kind of making these jokes that make them uncomfortable, things that they don't necessarily um, think are appropriate to be talking about, they turn on him, you know, like that. And it was really, it was really interesting to see him have to scramble to do damage control. It was, I mean, it was delicious. It really it was. It was delicious. Turning it was on their delicious. own. We love it. We love when we... they turn on their own. <laughs> 
Um, and it seems always in, in, inevitable, actually, with people that are yes. not a straight white, a 60-year-old straight white man anyways. Um, yeah, it was a matter of time before this happened to him. Like, My- Milo was living on borrowed time within the GOP, so. Um, so speaking of someone inappropriately touching things, <laughs> this yes. is really high on my MMFW list. This, uh, this, this is... This this is something that has gone has gone viral and I don't I understand I understand it in theory but do it we? is really well Do we though? Cuz it, it's funny. It's funny. It's just really weird. Like it, it's like why is this happening? Okay, so um we're going to talk about Salt Bay. <laughs> this is this guy. Everyone's favorite I, I don't know, me, Greek? Me, uh, Greek? He's a Greek? I, I don't know. know. One me, of those. Uh Salter. Salter. Yeah, he's well. He's a meat, meat he's a toucher. Meat preparer. He touches meat. Um, and there's a new, you know, also MFW about this is that this guy clearly saw that his his first video became viral, and he goes, "I'm going to give the people what they want and more." Here's more. And so this video is just so much longer, and it has a soundtrack, and you know, essentially, he starts off this video. He has this hunk of meat in front of him, and he starts slapping it. Just like like suggestively very, slapping very delicately this meat. slapping like, the meat. You're you're not doing anything. You're not tenderizing this. We know this is not part of your ritual. So like, what are you what are you doing? Like you're just showing off. So he starts slapping this thing. He um he cuts off a piece of fat and he throws it at the cameraman. Like he's being so playful. And that's just all. It's this whole thing is making me uncomfortable. He has his hair tied back in a little bun. He's wearing a tight shirt. He has sunglasses on even though they're inside. Yes. Like it's just. Oh, it's so I'm like I'm like cringing thinking it's, about it. It's it's an unrealistic cooking situation. I I I wouldn't be throwing meat around. I wouldn't unsanitary. Be throwing... Unsanitary. unsanitary. So that's a fast track to food poisoning, if you ask me. I, I, I know. So he's he's, uh, yeah. The whole preparation really made me uncomfortable. And then he cooks it. He he cooks it and he takes it out and he slices it right away. And, and isn't that like rule number one in meat <laughs> prep? Is you need to let that shit rest. Why didn't so you let it rest? Why okay? isn't this meat resting, Bay? And so he cuts it right away, and I feel, you know, maybe it was a trick of the camera, and he actually did let it rest, but it made me Then he should imply that. He should imply it, that. I know. He should say he should have a little thing that says, I let it rest, because it just looks like, it looks like all you care about is, is your, you know, fancy salt flourishing, where you throw the salt, you throw the salt like a little T-Rex in your little hand, and, you know, that's all that's all he does like i don't know is he a great cook or is he just like a funny to watch cook he's not but a great cook if he didn't let that meat rest i know there were juices all over that cutting board it was it was really upsetting and mmfw um, that i think a, a lot of women and maybe certain men that also were oh, probably, their juices well, got flowing because there, of there the video are, the juices were definitely flowing and then you know and that and that's sort of another question it's like who is this guy's audience because he's sort of he he could be like european you know greek whatever um mediterranean he looks european um, no and but so like is he homosexual or is he just european but he is super <laughs> flam he's super flamboyant and those glasses are not those glasses are not <laughs> screaming straight and and the the ponytail doesn't the way no. he throws his salt no the isn't, salt isn't uh, reading he, straight he like to me. arches like no who if you have to arch your back to put salt on your food i mean you're putting on a show but this like a, you said with european men it's, you it's don't know. hard to tell. I don't know. But this is someone who has found her moment and found her light, and she is she is going to give you everything. So her, her videos, I expect, are only going to get weirder and more um, over the top. Well, and she's giving a certain crowd, that Fifty Shades crowd. A lot of moms. She's giving a lot of moms life. sitting at home thinking about She's how... giving them a lot of life. Yeah. 
So, I mean, good, you know, good for him, good for his audience, but that really made me uncomfortable. Just all of it. <laughs> most, most, most importantly, Mario's are really offended by the meat. The not meat being thing. Rested. The meat. The meat thing killed me. Like, how are you supposed to be like a cook, and um, you just take the meat out and you cut it? Like, I even know that, and I don't know shit about anything. Um, moving on to, I guess we can't. Uh, even though we don't want to talk about Trump every week, um, yeah, we'll give him a little bit here. We'll, we'll, give him a we'll just we, he always seems to do something that's just so offensive um, or or hilarious or MMFW. So um, there was a rally um, where he brought out a gentleman who looked like he smelled like a lot of meth. Honestly, yeah, no, there was definitely sort of a meth. If you could scent. smell through the camera, you could yeah. smell the meth a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah, God bless him. And but... he was, I guess, Trump's number one fan. Uh, he has a huge cardboard cutout of him, apparently. Yes, he has one in his bedroom. He says, and he prays to it every night. Right, which weird. So that was um, well, and Trump, Trump tried to make it seem sort of off the cuff, but it was super clear that this had been premeditated. And if it's premeditated, percent. why is this your person? Why is why is this your because person that you bring the out? Because that's the cream of his premed- crop. Clearly, <laughs> the cream that is the cream of the Trump crop is this guy who looks methy and prays to a cardboard cutout of Trump every night in his bedroom. <laughs> like, and I almost feel bad. I, it's almost like I. Like, I'm almost hesitant to sort of be too critical of this person because, like, I don't know. You don't want to necessarily punch down. Like, he sort of, you know, he seems like a working class guy. I don't know, just super methy, though. And the thing is, like, he seems like the sort of guy who would be shouting lock her up at one of Trump's rallies. So I feel like I don't feel that bad about it. Yeah. It's not a criticism of him as much as this is right. who your base is. Um, and... I mean, again, that's who you're calling up on stage to endorse you and praise you. And I think and the cut and the, the cutout thing is just super weird. It is just really it's, it's, it's like it's one thing to have a cutout, which I don't. Th- why would you have a cutout? He probably also has a lot of like like beer signs on his walls and like neon beer light up things. Yeah. Right? Or let's be honest. I think he might have some sort of mental disability or. Right. He could um, be or he just just from doing a lot of drugs and yeah, drinking, you know, yeah. just, a, you a know? disability or he has maybe a disorder. Um he looks like he's on some sort of mood stabilizer kind of. There was, well, there was, he definitely, he definitely, he at the end of his interview, he gives this kind of laugh that is a little bit bone chilling. Very crazy eye is happening. Very hills have eyes. Yeah. Giggle that he gave at the end, yeah. but you know, and you know, it's so he just like it's one thing to have this cardboard cutout. It's it's quite another thing to then go and be like, hey, CNN's audience, let me tell you about this cardboard cutout that I pray to every night. Like it's just like, ooh, can we? And then also. Just on that note, even though I don't want to talk about him that much more, is can we talk about his briefing this week where he was out, outright fascist and didn't allow most press press outlets in? He only allowed far right, alt right um, press outlets in the briefing. I mean, <laughs> yeah. come on. Yeah, this is this is really good. So, you know, occasionally what they try. So, so Trump was speaking at CPAC and apparently sort of the tradition in the White House is on days when the president's giving sort of an address, the press briefings are often not televised. So as a way of just sort of not stealing thunder from the president and not sort of, you know, crossing messages and whatever. Of course. So they decide to do what's called um, a gaggle, I think it's called. 
And essentially, it, it was going to be in Sean Spicer's office. It was not going to be televised. And it was a smaller group. So typically, they select a few from each, you know. That morning, though, um, New York Times and CNN and a couple others had run some negative story about Trump. I'm completely blanking on what the story was now because there are so many. It's literally every day. The fake um, news media, alleged. Yeah, the fake news media had run some story that was negative about Trump. And... Sort of in retaliation, Sean Spicer just didn't have them on. And, and I think what's interesting is that a lot of people defending Trump have said, well, it was just a random thing. It's a small group. Like, we, they weren't purposefully excluded. But recording leaked out. Um, I think Politico leaked it from that group. Because Politico wasn't allowed to in there either. It was someone, someone gave it to them. Recording leaked out. And essentially, Sean Spicer was asked, why did you exclude these um, press outlets? And he said he started off with the party line and he started saying, well, you know, it was just a smaller group and I decided to expand it a little bit. But the, after the journalist who was asking the question pushed back, he said, well, you know, we're not going to stand by and just let people say whatever they want about us. And it's sort of right there out of the horse's mouth. You have him saying this is why he he didn't let them in. But so so it's just yet another kind of step. Um, he also Trump in this sort of same time uh, announced he wasn't going to do the White House Correspondents Dinner. Um, which, of course, he wasn't. He's not going to go into a room full of press because oh, he's, he's so hostile towards them. But, um, yeah, you know, it's just sort of just more and more. If, if they normalize, this is going to be a real problem for us. It's very it's very crazy. Well, it's really crazy. He's very much challenging the amendment of the right to free speech. <laughs> That's not how we operate here. We're not fucking Russia or China. Right. The White House is supposed to be open and transparent and you need to have a transparent government in order to have, you know, a society that's like free and whose citizens, you know, are free and, you know, are kind of are in control, right? Because it's a representative, like the government needs to be representing us. And if they don't allow us in to see what they're doing, we, there's no way of sort of ensuring that. And I, I don't know, because we live in our liberal Los Angeles bubble. Yes, that we do. So I just don't, I, I find, I find it hard to believe that this is playing, that this is working with his base and that they're seeing this and they're thinking, I know some people think, yeah, fuck the news media, great. Mainstream media is terrible. That, that They've always been those people ever since Sarah Palin. But this has gone to the point where his approval ratings are so low. They're like historically low for any president. Right. And so, so I really find it hard to believe that people think he's handling this well. And so my only hope is that he continues down this path to the point where it causes a lot of trouble for him and his administration. And he either has to stop or, you know, something happens. Maybe he gets impeached. I don't know. But, you know, I, I think that this is really going to come back to haunt him. Well, he, the fact that the concept of turning the other cheek, like, I mean, all presidents, not just Trump, have had negative things written about them. Right. And you don't, you don't all of a sudden then accuse them of being fake news media outlets because you don't right. like something that they said and only try to put people that are going to write favorably about you in briefings and press conferences. So, I mean, if that's not fascism, then I don't know what is. Right, right. Um, so apparently in the future, we'll see. We'll see how much longer he can get away with this planting of um, adoration of press who adore him or fans of him that will write positive things about him in, in future briefings. And let's see how much longer he can get away with that. Right. Um. Speaking, but speaking of someone who is not a fan of Trump, surprisingly, yeah, no, someone who isn't someone who isn't a fan of Trump, um, 
Someone who's finally fucking woken up. Uh, well, I, you know, I'm hesitant to say that she is, you know, woke in any sort of sense of the word. I think that this issue she has come around on. I think she's still a Republican, stupidly. But I, like, I get, there's some people who are Republican who I get. I think there's a fiscal conservative angle. True fiscal conservatives, not Trump, because he's not fiscally conservative at all. But true fiscal conservatives, I get it. I Like, I understand that. Um, I think that's where she's coming from. I, I agree. I agree. I think she's making a lot of excuses for Trump. Uh, but but uh, let's just let's just talk about who it is. So Caitlyn Jenner. Finally, I have a message for President Trump from well one Republican to another. This is a disaster, and you can still fix it. You made a promise to protect the LGBTQ community. Call me. So when Trump was running for president. He's the the transgender bathroom issue was an issue. It was something that was happening. Um, I, was it North Carolina or South Carolina? In one of the Carolinas, you know this this was a this was a thing. This was do we allow transgender individuals to use the bathroom of the gender with which they identify? Right. So do right. you let trans women into big women's room? Fucking thing. Right. It became a big thing, um, and it was sort of settled. Obama issued guidance to public school systems saying you need to allow trans kids to use the bathroom that they identify with. You can't force trans girls to use the boys' room. That's going to cause a lot of trouble. And they're absolutely right. You, you, you know, these kids identify as, the, you know, boys or girls. And if they identify as girls, they need to be in the girls' room. Like, I think what's, what's sort of – there's a lot of sort of facets, facets to this, this issue. And we talked about this actually the last time too. But, you know, right. it, it's, it's, it's kind of – it's kind of crazy that this is that this is a problem. It also sort of the idea that boys and girls can't be in the bathroom together, I think, is stupid anyway. Like, right. like we're we're adults. You're just in there to do your business. Like, not everything is sexual 100 percent of the time. And also it completely ignores the fact that you have gay men in the men's room and lesbians in the women's room. And, right. and, and no one gets attacked. No one gets sexually assaulted. You know, like you, if, if someone's going to assault someone, they're going to do it because they're a criminal, not because of this gender identity or their sexuality. But Caitlin is a Trump supporter. She's a Republican on her sort of two her two season run of her show. This was a thing that came up a lot was just how could you support someone like this? And, and she was insistent because Trump had made some comment that he didn't care about the bathroom issue. And I actually think that he doesn't care. I think that I don't think he does. I don't think socially he's that conservative. Right. And but but the problem is people within his his administration kind of can manipulate him. And so even Betsy DeVos, the um, secretary of education, you know, head of the Department of Education, uh, wasn't pro, wasn't for this. She released a statement saying she was not for this. So someone went around her. First time Betsy DeVos and I. (laughs) Yeah, the first probably and fucking last time I'll ever agree with Betsy. And if and if Betsy says uh, a plan is terrible, you know, it's really fucking terrible if she's recognizing how bad it is. But so someone uh, sort of overruled her. And I don't know if it was Pence or if it was Bannon um, or if it was even Sessions. I don't know. I don't know who's involved in this decision, but Trump rescinded Obama's directions to the public school, saying that schools should decide however they want. And so I understand the argument for states' rights, but that's obviously bullshit. And this state right argument has always been a cover to allow states to be bigots. Do whatever the fuck right, they want. Right, to, to let the states ban gay people, ban abortion, do all this stuff. The state rights issue is a cover, you know, for, you know, inequality. And so 
they released this thing and Caitlyn Jenner is now saying this is a disaster. President Trump, we need to talk about this. Nothing's going to nothing's going to change. Trump doesn't give a fuck what Caitlyn Jenner thinks. No. But but she was very strong in her tweet. She did a video. Yeah, she did a video. She said, call me. Well, a bitch loves a video. A bitch loves a moment. Someone someone in Divas in this episode, but she does love a moment. And, you know, I think she is also someone who has. I don't have a lot of sympathy for Caitlyn Jenner. I think I think it's I think it's hard for anyone to sort of go through um, struggle with your gender identity and to sort of make a transition. That's like hard and deserves to sort of be um, lauded a little bit and you know admired. Like that's tough. But of course, and I she think... was previously as an Olympian like a pretty strong symbol of mask American masculinity as well. Right, right, and this is right totally. This is someone coming from a place of being like fairly uber masculine you know in his day in bruce's day to becoming a woman and i I think that's that's doubly hard also to do it in the public eye so i mean i think in that sense she sort of deserves some credit but her ideas have been so backwards and you know so she comes out in and she's trying to sort of use her platform to be a trans advocate but i think there is rightfully a lot of pushback on that because she's someone who has had a lot of privilege and who has had you know uh, a long run of being a very rich white man who could do whatever he wanted when he was Bruce. And so now that she is Caitlyn, um, it's sort of it's sort of ringing a little false for her to suddenly be this champion. But she's trying and I get it. Um, but but one trans advocate was not having Bitch, it. Don't stand up. Don't tell. Don't call the president for me. I seen the little video you made. Don't call the president for me. Don't call that motherfucker for me because it ain't nothing that you can say to him that's going to help me. Because at the end of the day, bitch, what you should have been doing with your new titty getting ass was should have been rallying against his ass. That's what you should have been doing. She was not having it for 12 minutes oh, God. on her on her, 12 yeah, on minutes. her video. And I watched the whole I watched the whole thing and I love I love her. So um, T.S. Madison. T.S. So Madison. So who is who is T.S. Madison for T- those people who may not be aware? T.S. Madison is a, a trans woman. She's a a performer. Um, you know, she's. I, I'm not exactly sure, sort of, how she got her start, but she's a very she's very sort of active in the trans community, um, and she is someone who is completely and utterly unfiltered. Like my favorite yes. video of her is the "Step Your Pussy Up" video, and it's just it's just ten seconds of her uh, of her sort of. Telling whoever's watching, you know. be yourself, bitch. Step your pussy up, honey. Get a job. Own a business, bitch. Suck a dick. Oh, she's got the best. She's got the best vocabulary. She, she doesn't she shy is, away from an f bomb. Yeah, she's inspirational in her in her way, right? You know, it's so in her truth. In her yeah, and and she um her stories are hilarious. She she kind of just posts these videos of these like insane stories and. They're always entertaining. She's super entertaining. And um Well, certainly she doesn't try to be politically correct all the time. No, not at all. Not at all. She is not that person. And so she's sort of inspirational in that way. And even though she I don't know what her background is, but she certainly seems um read up on her on her politics and current events. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And she you know, I think I think she maybe um she kind of maybe plays up kind of some of the jokiness a little bit but she knows exactly what she's talking about and yeah exactly she came from miss caitlin and and again she sort of said she sort of but uh, with a lot fouler language and for a lot longer she sort of said similar things and that a lot angrier she was super angry and rightfully like i i I can only imagine what that frustration must be like you know to be someone who's an advocate for your community and then you have caitlin who 
was so against your community for a long time in the sense that she was supporting Republicans whose policies were very provably against the trans community. And Caitlin just sort of said, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, but she fucking read her for filth. It was it was rough. And she deserved she it. Did. And that she was did. my problem with Caitlyn too. I mean, you can't how can you you're not gonna say shit about any of the stuff that Trump has done while he's been in office, like the anti travel ban, um, just flat out unconstitutional things against other minorities, um, other groups. Well, I think that Caitlyn doesn't care about that stuff. It's only trans issues. I know, but then you can't, but then you come off as so self-centered when right, you do right, that. I'm not right. saying that just because you're a trans person, you have to care about every other minority issue, but then to be quiet and see how this person treats all other marginalized groups and then only step up when um, it's against your specific community, I think that's really selfish. No, it, it absolutely, and that's been a huge complaint of people you know, for her. And so that, I think, you know, sort of to kind of pinpoint the MFW of the Caitlyn Jenner thing. It's just that she's so tone deaf about so much of this stuff. And I get she's trying whatever, but to sort of brush off everything Trump did. And then the first minute he does something that's perceived as anti-trans, which everyone told you he was going to do, by the way, Caitlyn. Right. Um, for her to for her to sort of burst out with this video, it's just like, Christ. Call me. Well, it was sort of like, is that the best... The best you you can do is the call me. Call me. He's not going to call you, Caitlin. R- write a letter. <laughs> write a letter. T.S. Madison was not having it. Um, <laughs> T.S. Madison's like, bitch, no, call me. I mean, she speaks a lot of truth. Yeah, she's hilarious. We'll have to post her video. We'll have to post her um, separate post yet video because that's my favorite. I refer to that like once a month. It just makes me feel good about myself. There's a lot of truth in T.S. Madison. Yeah. <laughs> Moving moving on from someone who is trans to someone who is pretending to be trans. Okay. You want to talk, you want to talk a little bit about this documentary? Okay. Holy shit. So crazy. Did you watch this? No, no. I, I read about the articles when it came out. I haven't seen Holy the documentary. Holy cow. So this is not new. I think... Um, uh, okay, so the the documentary, I think it came out maybe last Sundance and then was released theatrically in uh, maybe fall of last year. It's called Author... JT Leroy documentary and um, it's about this fictional uh, what turned out to be a fictional character um, named JT Leroy and he was uh, HIV um, positive a transgender teen like a his mom was a or her mom was a uh, a prostitute like a truck stop prostitute and she was a heroin addict and um she published these books on a couple of books and she developed such a huge celebrity fan following from people like Winona Ryder and U2 and Billy Corgan from Smashing Pumpkins, Gus Van Sant, um, who loves a good gay trans story. Loves a gay. Um, loves a, a marginalized gay. trans gay story. She... He optioned the first book. Um, The second book was completely wooed by Aja Argento. Um, It was screened at the Cannes Film Festival. um, And it came out later that this person was completely created. This character was completely created by this middle-aged Jewish lady named Laura Albert. And she, she had her boyfriend's sister dress up like this character of JT Leroy um 
She went around and did appearances with she celebrities. She went around and like literally hung, went to rock <laughs> concerts and was at the, at the at the Cannes Film Festival, went to movie premieres um, as as this character. And it's just truth is greater. Uh, truth is stranger than fiction. It really I, is. Oh, I think what what is so great about about this sort of particular story is, um, I mean, there are a couple of things at MFW, but I think what's sort of great about it is how it exploited um, Hollywood and celebrities culture is kind of need to sort of be a champion for something, right? Like, like you have all of these celebrities who saw this poor little trans kid, you know, who just needed a champion and they sort of flocked to this person, right? you know, wanting to, wanting to, I, I don't necessarily want to say that it was all from a selfish place necessarily, but I do think there is that element of they want to be seen as helping someone in need. And so they sort of prey on this kid a little bit and use this kid for the optics of it, right? Because all these people were on film and photos and, you know, all these people were using this kid in one way or another. They may have been also helping. I'm so they were using to be here her, tonight and I'm so excited you know. all of you came to celebrate his work and um, fills my heart with joy that all these wonderful just so talented people came out to to celebrate him and all of you thank you so so much so much yes and i think also in her even though i don't know if that was the intention it could have just been coincidental but she was a very photogenic transgender kid like you couldn't yeah, cute, the way cute she little was trans dressed girl. up yeah exactly yes yeah um and i think that made for a much more interesting story than this middle-aged woman from Brooklyn. Oh, well, I don't even, there would have, it would have been a non-starter. Like, Winona Ryder's not going to go run out and take photos no. with a middle-aged woman from Brooklyn. Like, what would be the point? Like, Miss Van Sant wouldn't be out there help you, no, you know, right. writing this you know, movie. Um, but so, I think that everyone loves an inspirational story. Everyone loves an inspirational underdog story, and they're sort of, you know, it's hard to get more underdog than a, you know, an abused trans homeless kid, right? Like it's, yes. you know, that's a tough life. And so everyone loves it. And and so they were so easily manipulated um, by her and, you know, by this character. Yes. Uh, that is kind of, it's sort of fascinating, but it also, it, it also kind of. It's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. I don't know that we're seeing this more, but we have, we have seen recently a lot of allegations, true or not, about people pretending to be something they're not like the sort of the, the one that that is always referenced this insane story um Rachel Dolezal the woman who oh our favorite the, the, she is like I mean it's insane I mean she she that was talk about MFW I don't know where to begin talk about MFW um you know a white woman I mean who, bold. who's convinced fucking I, bold holy shit I'm not white I I nothing about being white describes who I am so what's the word for it you know I mean I, the closest thing that I can d come to is if, if you're black or white I'm black this white woman pretends to be black and not just pretends to be black like quietly no this woman makes it her cultural identity to be black and she uses it for her education she becomes like head of a local chapter of the NAACP because NAACP <laughs> she's not even a little bit black and not even a little black I guess she dyed her hair she kind of crimped it she kind of made it look you know like natural black woman's hair you know she she tanned her skin and 
she looked she looked maybe mixed like maybe you could pass for mixed maybe i don't i don't know i i if you told me she was like a light-skinned black woman i would totally believe it yeah and so she took advantage of that and now um you know it was just in the news this week that she's like basically homeless and on food stamps because because Is she really yeah i know and it's <laughs> terrible but you know at the end ultimately she did this to herself, right? I mean, it's hard for me to be sympathetic. I mean, no, this is like a this is a crazy thing for her to do that because it's something that's it's easily verifiable. But also, you know, she fucked with her parents because her parents are the ones that ratted her out. So she did must have been awful really? to those parents. I didn't know. Yes, that. because yeah, her mom was like, uh, she's lying. But so, like, how shitty of a kid must you have been for your parents to be like, oh, we're gonna destroy your life? I mean, also just bold. I I I don't understand. It's crazy. Just. Just absolutely crazy. I mean, um, you know, but this is this is something that, um, you know, it was a big it was a big controversy when this happened. It because was huge. I, I, but it also comes on this 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 idea this this where we're currently sort of on a crest of political correctness, and and you know we're not. I certainly I'm not a huge fan of it. I think that that there are um, times and places for political correctness like i don't think everything should be off limits because i think some things are just super inappropriate um but you know rachel dolezal hit sort of at this peak time of a awareness about something called cultural appropriation you know this is something that's only really hit sort of the zeitgeist in the past five years this idea that that white cultures take things from other cultures and make them their own and and applaud them and so and and so she sort of was the she was a human cultural appropriation like she literally stole the black identity um you know and made it her own and so i think that she this was just this is just sort of a perfect storm and the awareness and and you know thoughts and feelings about cultural appropriation were, were so raw that she just it was just the it was just like the worst possible time for her to do that but she's not even the only she's not even the only person who has ever been accused of that even elizabeth warren who we really like Donald Trump famously called her Pocahontas because there is some, and this is unclear, there is some discrepancy. She claims that she's she has an ancestor that is Native American, who was Native American, um, and there's they've, she struggled to prove that, and so you know, and then people are saying that she appropriated you know Native American heritage to like help her with schools and and you know all that sort of thing. But so like I mean like no one's there's a lot of people who are involved in this. Do we know that to be true, though? We, we don't know it to be true, and we don't know it to be untrue. We don't, it's, it's just it's accusations at this yeah. point, the, right? The left, the, the left essentially has taken the position of they believe Elizabeth Warren. And Elizabeth Warren's... Like, I'd, I'd hate to say this, but she seems really trustworthy. I know. <laughs> like, it's, it's, I don't, I don't want to just assume she's telling the truth, but it's hard to imagine she would lie about something like this. I mean, like there this. are a couple of people, like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. It's really hard to imagine... Right. That they did anything like that out of line, even yeah. when Bernie in the primary process was sort of hesitant and slow in turning in his tax returns. Like, right. I never assumed it was because there was anything shady on it. I think it was really because his wife does them. And she yeah. was just busy. No, right. And it was, um, so, like, I mean. But who knows? Who yeah, knows? So, but I think that, like, you know, we're, we're, we've hit this point in culture where everyone is super sensitive to appropriation. And I think that appropriation is totally a problem but then also sometimes it seems like it's like a normal part of cultures intermixing like and it's how cultures kind of evolve so i i i people who are more in a better position to make these judgments than me can make them but it's sort of it's sort of sometimes seems confusing but rachel 
I think was a perfect example of appropriation. And she just basically pretended she was a black person. And it's like, it's like, like we laugh about it because it's just so crazy. Well, it is so insane. And she, and also the MMFW thing about that, other than the whole concept of what she did, right. is in the beginning, she really did try to deny it. And it was uh, just bizarre. It was, it was really bad. Made a lot of people uncomfortable. No, that whole, I, I remember listening to that on NPR and just being super, like, I can't believe you did this. Right. It, it was. It was a little crazy. So I think that's sort of our wrap up of what made us feel weird this week. Yeah, we've, you know, we had a, we had a, we went from the miracle of life. Yep. All the way, you know, through Milo losing his book deal, through Salt Bay, through uh, Trump's number one fan with his cardboard cutout. We had a little bit of a, well, we killed Caitlyn Jenner, and then we had fake trans people and real trans people, and, uh, to white women pretending to be black women. Fake black women. So we really we really ran the gamut of a lot of things that really made us feel super uncomfortable this week. Um, on a positive note, anything good that you watched on TV or a movie this week, Mario? I don't know. I've been watching um, Santa Clarita Diet on Netflix that I really like. It's very. What's that about? It's uh, it's it's about Drew Barrymore. Um, she's a suburban housewife in Santa Clarita, California, and she becomes a zombie, and no one really knows why. But she starts. What? She, I didn't know that was what that was about. Yes. So she becomes a zombie, and she starts eating people, and it's about her family trying to kind of make it work while balancing this this realtor business that they have, and it's like really crazy and over the top, and it's so gory, and there's so much gore and nasty stuff in it but it's it's really funny it's, it's so i guess she's a passable zombie then well no she, yeah she looks normal except she starts to notice that things are hap- happening to her like um her body is starting to deteriorate a little bit but yeah she looks totally normal <laughs> there's a little bit death becomes her happening to her like her toe falls off and stuff but uh, it's really funny it's a really kind of dark sense of humor running throughout um it's it's really i really have enjoyed it i finished the season it's it's it was really funny oh it's a show it's a show yeah, we need the shows to fill our time while we wait for Drag Race to come on, I guess. March. I know, but they're teasing. We won't we won't know. But yeah, March. They are teasing. As usual. Hardcore teasing. Um I Girls started the final season a few weeks ago, oh, yeah. but I just caught up this weekend. It it is really good. I mean, they've really outdone themselves. It's a lot of extra. There's <laughs> I'm two seasons behind, nudity. but I will catch yeah. up. I will catch up. You you have to catch up. There's a lot of extra nudity, um extra comedy. It it really is. It's the final funny. season, right? Yeah, I'm a little sad about yeah. it, but it it is really good and it's sort of a good way to go out at least so far the first 3 episodes that I've seen. Um well, thank you for tuning in yeah. this week. Um, just a quick disclaimer that any opinions represented on this podcast are only those of our right, own. Right, just us. No and one else. We don't work for anyone. Just no. us. And any news citations, please verify those on your <laughs> own. Because so basically everything verbatim. we said, we made up. No, but are we... They're not verbatim. They're not necessarily accurate. We do I our mean, research. We do do our do research before this. But, you know, in the heat of the moment couple glasses of wine in things could be said that aren't quite accurate but i think we've been pretty good about being accurate but you know don't take our word for it always and this is in tr- our mind look, this is, we're speaking our truth right this is our truth and, but also i think this is true of life in general don't take our word for it go google it go do your research on it uh, and then i think you'll see we're mostly right all the time but you know go you need to discover mostly. that for yourself i'm just saying i'm just saying um 
don't take it on our word yeah. that we are. Yeah. Um, but thank you for listening this week. Um, please rate and subscribe on iTunes um, and visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash MMFW. And follow us on our Facebook page and Twitter at MMFWeird. Thanks for listening. Thanks a lot.